except for the fact that I sound like I'm in a tin can. Can we fix that? Okay. That's so much better. Okay. Um, some housekeeping things. I am Amanda, and I am the family ministry director, so you're going to see a lot of me, unfortunately. Um, and some things that, these are student info cards. So after you listen to me, you're going to meet, you're going to break up into your grades. And so I will dismiss by grades and your leaders know where you're going. And so you're going to go with your leaders. Um, you're going to fill this out because I like to text you and tell you about the fun things that are happening at Timberwood. And these are questions for the leaders. They're, everything's back there with pens and such. And so you're going to go, you're going to take this with you after I'm done. Um, I feel like there was something else, and I'll probably remember. Oh, Bibles. There's Bibles back there. I'm going to give you like, oh, my watch is dead. I'm going to give you like 15 seconds. Go get some Bibles. And yeah, who's the runner? Go get some Bibles. The yellow ones. I mean, if you want to use the kid ones, you can use the kid ones. But, uh... entrepreneur and he has a business to help you, okay? Do we need to send some people here? Use deodorant people, okay? Number four, man swims 8.6 kilometers, which I had to look up because really I don't get this whole metric thing. Um, so it's 5.34 miles with handcuffs on to set the new Guinness World Record. He swam five miles with handcuffs on, okay? Prove it. Prove it. Uh, number five, a lot. 
woman attacked by bear while using the outhouse. Like, that's legit. I think that could really happen. I mean, I wouldn't want it to happen, but I think it could happen. Some of these, I'm like, are these real? Number six, AirPod. I wonder if this is what happened to mine. I'm on my third pair. Well, it didn't. AirPod found lodged in a man's esophagus after accidentally swallowing it in his sleep. That didn't happen to me. Okay? I don't know. I don't know. Okay? Number seven. And our final one for the evening, wild sheep with 35 kilograms, which once again, I had to look it up in pounds, 77 pounds coat of wool was rescued in Australia. There's a picture. Look at this thing. Okay? Okay? How, you guys, do we know what to believe? How do we really know what's true? And how do we really know what's false? Do you believe everything that you see, read, and hear. I have a spoiler alert. Everything that's on, not everything, things on social media might not be true. Okay, oh I know, all right, just get out of your system. Okay, another spoiler alert. People say things that aren't true too. For real, okay, I know, I know. Shocker, right? Okay. So, we are in the book of Luke. What page was it, Jim? I mean, what did I say? 855, okay? So I have some, the teacher in me. What book are we in? We are in Luke. Luke is a gospel. That means that the, another spoiler alert, Luke is going to talk about Jesus, okay? And that makes it a gospel. Who is Luke, okay? Luke is the writer of both the book of Luke in the Bible and Acts, so he wrote one, and then he wrote, like, the second book, Acts. Even though he never says who he is and that he wrote it, there is little dispute between commentators, which are, like, professional people who study the Bible, um, on who he was. Luke is mentioned three times in the Bible. The first one is in Colossians. They say, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you. Luke is a doctor. And so the reason I know Luke is the doctor is that in Luke, he uses terms for bodies, like when Jesus heals and people are sick, that aren't found nowhere else. Like those are medical terms that he used. So we know he's a doctor. Um, he's also mentioned in Philemon, which if you were here in the spring, we discussed. And in it, it says, and so do Mark, Demas, and Luke, my fellow Mar workers. So Paul wrote Philemon, and he's saying Luke was his buddy, and they worked together. He was mentioned the third time in 2 Timothy. It says, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful for my ministry. Once again, Paul is saying, get Luke. We're buddies, okay? If you don't believe me, look it up, okay? When is Luke writing this? Okay, so if 0-1 is when Jesus is born, Jesus lived 33 years, so let's pretend this table is zero. Um, so he lived 33 years. Luke is writing this about 30 years later, between 60 and 70 AD, okay? So Jesus has died. He's ascended to heaven. People go out and talk about Jesus, okay? That's where we're at. Um, where? So Palestine. Any of you geography buffs know where Palestine is? Modern day. Landon. It is Israel. Good job, Okay. So that's where we are. So let's jump to our text. It says, 
dedication to Theophilus, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. This is a really long sentence. This is one sentence. It seemed good to me also, having followed all the things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So, we've done what, who, when, where, and now we're going to get to the why, okay? Why is he writing it? Well, the really obvious, shallow, well, not shallow, the really obvious one is that he's writing it for Theophilus. Look at the heading. Dedication to Theophilus. Verse 3. Can you help me out? Okay, verse 3. Most excellent Theophilus. I don't know about you, but I don't call my buddies or my friends. Ashley, have I ever called you most excellent Ashley? No. I, <laughs> of course you would say that, right? Okay, so we don't really know who Theophilus is, but we can tell that he thinks highly of him. And it's probably because of his rank, power, or position. I'm going to give you a little fun fact about Theophilus. It means lover of God in the Greek. So Luke could be talking about one person, or he could be talking to a whole group of us. Um, I need you to have your mind time travel for a second. Back to a Roman village, which if you're like, ah, I have no idea what that looks like, I would suggest for you to look, find the show The Chosen, it's free on an app, and that will give you a perfect visual, if I had more time, I would show it to you, but a perfect visual of a village. So think of a time where there were no TVs, there was no high-speed internet, <gasps> And the big one for me before the high-speed internet is there's no electricity. Like, the electricity goes out of my house and I don't even know what to do. I'm not even joking. So, there's nothing of that. There's not even newspapers, hardly. During this time, they had official storytellers. So your job, you have a baker, you have people who fix shoes, you have like a blacksmith. Your job was a storyteller. And that is how you preserved history. People didn't write, they didn't read like we do now, like it's a given that people write and read. They don't do that. So an earthquake would happen or some high official would come visit and that person's job, an eyewitness, would say, hey, storyteller, I saw this, this happened, this happened. And they had to keep, they retold the story and retold the story. Think of like, we don't change the words to the national anthem. It's just been retold over and over, word for word. That is what a storyteller does. We don't change the words to Jesus loves me. We just sing the same words. And so his job was, or her was, I, it was probably a guy, unfortunately. Sorry, ladies. But they told stories, okay? Verse 2 says, eyewitnesses of events and ministers of the word. This means people are actually experienced and saw the things that Jesus did. They could actually say, I saw Jesus heal this woman. I saw Jesus make lots of bread out of one basket, okay? I love that she's here. Um, okay, ministers of the word. They are missionaries. They went out telling people, so I saw this, 
I experienced this, and I tell people. So after Jesus went up into heaven, that's what happened. They went all over, out of Palestine, out of Israel, and told people what they saw and what they did. Verse 3, it seemed good to me also, Luke says, having followed all things closely for some time to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty, certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. Luke has been listening to the eyewitnesses' account and the ministry, the missionaries. He's taking notes. He's compiling them all together for Theophilus. He's being a historian. He is an expert in history. A historian is a person who studies and writes about the past, and he is regarded with authority, like he knows what he's talking about. Luke is doing this so that Theophilus, whether he a person or a group of us, can be certain. What does certain mean? It means that it is reliable and true. It is fact. It is definitely going to take place. And that it means that it, the person or the thing can be relied upon. So there's a group of you in this room who would say that you were certain about who Jesus is. You believe that he was born, that he walked this earth, that he died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and you can have a relationship with him. There's another group of you who are like, uh, I don't even know if Jesus is real. Uh, I'm not really quite sure I can believe the Bible. Like, this was written thousands of years ago. Uh, does he really want to have a relationship with me? And that's okay. So there's two different groups of people in this room, and I hate to tell you, you're one or the other, and that's okay. So I want you to hear my heart. No matter which group you find yourself, there is no pride in this group because you know, and they don't. And... There is no shame over here because you are still questioning and doubting, okay? So my question to you is what group are you in? For the people who are certain, why are you certain? And can you tell people why you are certain? For the people over here, what is standing in your way? Like I said, no pride, no shame, but you're somewhere. When I was 18, and I didn't have to go to church anymore with my family, because I was 18, I could do whatever I wanted. It's great. Well, I thought it was great. I thought, I don't need church, I don't need God, I don't, I am good living my life. Well, I was really good until I wasn't so good. And then I was really not good. I was empty, I was lost, I was lonely, I was sad, and many, many other things that I don't have time to tell you about, but they'll probably come out over the course of the year. I questioned God, I questioned Jesus, I questioned the Bible, I searched and searched and searched. I read books, I talked to people, I was like, oh, is this for real? I looked at other religions. What about Buddha? What about this? And I searched, and one book that I did read was The Case for Christ, because I like facts, you guys. I love all the facts. And so I'm the person when you tell, like someone will say something to me and I'm like, let me, let me prove it. And then I'll go like find out. Okay, so that's me. So this book was great for me and I actually think it's a movie, so check it out. But the one thing I want for all of you at the end of this year is to be certain of who Jesus is. 
going to tell you how I am certain about the Bible. Maybe it doesn't matter to you at all, but I'm going to tell you how the three things that has shown me that I can be certain. Number one is accuracy. Hey, can you do the next slide? So not only back in the day were there storytellers, but there were scribes, and all you did was write. And they would actually count the numbers and the letters to make sure that each like, thing they were writing was the same on both scribes, okay? Can you imagine how bad your hand would hurt? Um, okay, so what uh, accuracy. So we've all heard of Homer, okay? He wrote The Republic, which is a, it's a book, I've never read it. it. He wrote it in 400 BC. The earliest copy of it, okay, so Jesus, born zero, 400 BC, okay? Earliest copy was found at 900. That's 1,300 years, and there's only seven copies that exist that they found, okay? Next one. We've all heard of Julius Caesar. He, read, um, he wrote the Ga Gallic Wars. He wrote in 100 BC, which is probably closer here, and the earliest copy, once again, they found is 900. That's 1,000 years, and there's 10 copies, okay? Next, Homer, Iliad. I think I even read this in high school. Don't ask me what it was about. But that was even earlier, so 800 BC. They found the next copy before Jesus was even born in 400. That's only 400 years. There's 643 copies, and there's 95% accurate. Okay, so people take this and they're like, oh, Homer, he like speaks to my life, which he doesn't speak to my life, but people like, these are high philosophers in life. They know, they've spoken into many people's lives. Go ahead. The New Testament. Okay, so here's zero. It was written 50, so that's only 50 years after, or 50 to 100 was when it was written, all of the books of the New Testament. They have copies, the earliest copy that they have found is 125, so that's only 25 years later they have found copies of it. And there's 24,000 copies. And it is 99.5% accurate. So they have found scribes, which I'll tell you about after I do the next one, and they're like, accurate. Next one. Old Testament. So the earliest, think about like, we don't know when Genesis, Exodus, all these things happened, but the earliest one that they have found is 400 BC. The earliest copy was 900, so that's 13 years, but there's 10,000 copies of it, and that, we don't even know when that begins. And it's 95% accurate, and the, you know why it's not accurate is because sometimes they spell wrong. I spell things wrong a lot, okay? So my thought, so when in 1947, have you heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Okay. The Dead Sea Scrolls were found, and they found of the Old Testament every single book, like a manuscript that was written out by hand, except one. Like they have found all of them in these 34,000 copies of them, okay? So my question to you is, my point is, it's accurate. Number two, reliable eyewitnesses and sources. We had 70, Jesus had 70 of his closest friends who traveled 
as he did his ministry. This did not include the people he encountered, healed, and watched him. And there are 42 sources that discuss Jesus besides the Bible. So that means 42 other books that have nothing to do with the Bible have talked about Jesus. So he clearly walked this earth. They even, all historians say he walked this earth. And number three, so accurate, reliable eyewitnesses. How do you believe something? If it's accurate, this, I found another source of it. So I know it's accurate, even though it's crazy. Reliable eyewitnesses and my own experience. So when I was on that journey of not knowing and doubting and questioning, I went to people who had believed in Jesus. I watched them carefully. I saw a difference in them and I asked all the questions. If you know me, I ask all the questions. Questions you don't want me to ask, but I ask them. So as I gave the Bible a chance, I started to see hope in Jesus. No other religion, you guys, can guarantee that. It can't guarantee you hope. It can't guarantee you peace. And it can't guarantee certainty that I am going to, my spirit is going to live forever in a way better place than this earth. No other religion can do that. So, back to this group over here. Your job, if you are certain, ask yourself why you're certain, and you need to shine that light. You need to show people that Jesus has changed you and that he's real because people look to you. And if you're over here, you need to ask all the questions. And I'm not even joking. You ask all the questions until you are blue in the face. And if you don't have someone to ask all the questions to, you find me. And you find your leader and you ask all the questions because doubt is good. Doubt can actually push you closer to God. You need to own your faith and ask. So isn't it interesting? I find this online, all these crazy headlines, from one source, and we believe them. And there's this book that has 34,000 copies, and we question it. So my prayer for you is that you be certain of your faith this year and ask all the questions. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. I thank you for each student and each leader. I, kn I, am, I am for sure certain, Lord, that you have put each person here for a reason, and I thank you for that. And whether we understand the reason or can see the reason now, Lord, I just um, ask that your, your spirit would move, that you would help students and leaders to question and to dig deep and to be certain of what you were doing and what you have done in their lives. Thank you for giving us the peace, joy that we can trust you and that you are working. Help us to ask all the hard questions so that we can get closer to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you are a sixth grader, head out that door. Or a sixth grade leader, head out that door. If you are, I'm going to give them a second. Grab your stuff. If you want to bring your Bible, bring it. If you don't, put it back on the cart. Seventh grade. If you are a seventh grader, follow your leader. 